God, and we're going to have much gladness, and there will be much joy. Now, in order for us to fully appreciate those three things, singing, brightness, and joy, we have to go back to the end of chapter 18 in Revelation. As the tribulation period is coming to an end, we read, interestingly enough, that those three things, singing, light, and gladness, will be absent from the earth as the tribulation period comes to an end. So think about that. In heaven, much singing, much brightness, much gladness. On earth, no singing, no light, and no gladness. Look at it. Chapter 18, verse 22. It says, The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. No craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore. And the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. So he's saying there'll be no work on earth at the end of the tribulation. And he's saying again before that, no music, no harpists, no musicians, none of those things. Look in verse 23. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore. And so at the end of the tribulation, all through the tribulation, we we read and studied how the sun is now diminished in brightness. And by the time we come to the end of the tribulation, the sun is not shining anymore. The moon is not giving off any light at night. The stars are not illuminating the night sky anymore. At the end of the tribulation, no sun, no moon, no stars. And here we read, no lights in the city. What we find at the end of the tribulation period, literally, the lights have gone out on the way to hell. The lights have gone out. You see, when Satan comes to us to tempt us and to lure us, what does Satan say? Come with me. Follow me. It's the way of fun. It's the way of light. It's it's the way of pleasure. It's the way of excitement. And many of the cities, even in America today, where sin is so rampant, at night, They have such brightness and such light, and it's a deceptive trick of the devil because at the end of it all, all those lights are going out. One of the horrible things about hell, as we'll see in a few weeks, will be the darkness of hell. Well, even before people get to hell, there'll be utter darkness on the earth. The lights have gone out on the way to hell. But for those of us in heaven, we've been spared the tribulation. We're in heaven. So what are we experiencing? In all ways, we're experiencing the opposite of what is happening on earth. We'll be experiencing much singing, the brightness of those uh, lights in heaven coming from Jesus, and we'll be experiencing gladness and joy. Now, I want us to focus just for a moment uh, on the singing. What kind of singing is going to take place in heaven? Well, look in verse number 1 of chapter 19, because the singing starts out with this word, alleluia. Now, as we read through these next several verses, you're going to notice that this word, alleluia, appears four times in this passage of Scripture. Interestingly enough, this is the only four times we read this word in the entire New Testament. Hallelujah. Four times in the New Testament, all four times coming in the first half of Revelation chapter 19. The word hallelujah is a transliteration of a Hebrew word that literally means praise God. The Hebrew word hallel, H-A-L-E-L, from which we get our word hallelujah. It means praise. And then notice at the end of the word hallelujah, it's, it's, it's an abbreviated form of God's name, of Yahweh, and so it is God. So, hallelujah, or in some places in the Bible, hallelujah, literally means praise 
God. So the song, it's the doxology. It's the heaven's, heaven's version of the doxology. And we'll be praising God. And we'll be praising God in heaven for five things. And I want you to notice these. First of all, we'll be praising God for his salvation. Look in verse 1. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. Friend, the first thing you should thank God for every day is that you're saved, that your sins are forgiven, that your name is in the Lamb's book of life, and that heaven is your home. I'm thankful to be saved. I'm more thankful that I'm saved than anything in the world. And I'm also thankful that I know that I'm saved. And when we get to heaven, that's the first thing that we'll be praising God for. Hallelujah. Praise God that we're saved. And then we're going to thank God when we get to heaven for his judgments on the earth. Look at verse 2. For true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot. That's talking about the spirit, the, the world that Antichrist will be running on the earth during the tribulation who corrupted the earth with her fornication and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. When we get to heaven, we're going to thank God that his judgments are just and right and that he has dealt with sin. And the third thing we're going to be thanking God for is that evil is ended. No more evil. Not only has God judged sin, but by this point, God will have brought an end to evil. Look in verse number three. And again, they said, Alleluia, praise God. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And so the smoke of God, God has brought an end. The, the tribulation is over. The rebellion on earth has ended at this point. And we thank God, look, even now, looking forward to that day, that evil will one day be brought to an end. And then they're going to be, or we're going to be praising God for his sovereignty. Look in verse 4. And the 24 elders, now they represent those of us who've been saved. We studied that earlier on. And the four living creatures, these are four special angelic beings, probably cherubim who are around the throne of God, fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, amen, here it is again, Alleluia." Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thunderings saying, Hallelujah. Now watch this. For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. That word reigns. We get our word sovereignty from the word reigns. The word reign is the root word of the word sovereign. And so when we say God is sovereign, we say God is reigning. God is in control. And when we get to heaven, one of the things we'll praise God for is that he is in control and he does reign. But friend, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to praise God for that. You can praise God now that even during this pandemic, even with whatever's going on in your life, even with everything affecting the world, that God is on his throne God has not abdicated his throne, and God is very much in control of what is happening. I find great peace. It's one of the anchors of my daily faith. Whatever happens, God is in control. We're not at the mercy of circumstances. We're not at the mercy of other people, and we're not even at the mercy of the devil. Friend, we're at the mercy of God who is totally in control of everything about our lives. And then fifthly, we're going to be praising God for our union with Jesus Christ. Look in verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And so when we're praising God in heaven, we're going to be praising him for our union with Jesus, but we can praise him for that now. Now, one day we'll have Jesus in the flesh. We'll be able to see Jesus with our eyes. 
But for now, we have him in our hearts and we have him in our spirits and we walk by faith and we trust him and we can praise him. God, I thank you that you're with me in what I'm going through. And so heaven is going to be a place of much brightness, much gladness, and as we've seen here, much singing. Hallelujah. Praise God for all these things. Now, how about the bride? I've already said that we are the bride of Christ, but what are we going to be looking like, or what, what are some characteristics of the bride? Well, first of all, notice that the bride is prepared for the wedding. Preparation was made in advance. Again, look in verse 7 at the very end of it. And his wife has made herself ready. How do we make ourselves ready for this wedding? By confessing our sins, repenting of our sins, asking God to forgive us of our sins, asking Jesus to come into our heart, and trusting him to save us. That's how you get ready for the wedding. You get saved. And so, obviously, those of us in heaven have been saved. We're prepared. But notice in verse 8, not only are we prepared, but we as the bride of Christ will be appropriately dressed. You know, even on weddings on earth, one of the major issues there is the bride's dress. Thousands of dollars are spent, and many hours are, and months are even spent Girls are trying to find the perfect dress that they can wear on their special day. Well, you know, Jesus doesn't leave anything left out. He's going to have us dressed perfectly. Now, look in verse 8, how we'll be dressed. And to her, that is the bride of Christ, that's us, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And so our wedding robe, as it were, will be bright, it will be white, it will be fine, it will be linen, but it will be, to a large extent, dependent upon our faithful service of God on this earth. So there is a sense in which even now we are in the process of making our own robe. What we'll be wearing in heaven, we have a part in making that. That's why I said at the beginning that the judgment seat of Christ will take place before the marriage of the Lamb. At the judgment seat of Christ, we'll be given crowns to wear, but also we'll be given a robe to wear, and the crowns and the robe will be dependent upon our faithful servant of Christ. I could say it this way. Our good works don't take us to heaven. No, we go to heaven by the grace of God, but our good works will follow us to heaven. And so don't get to thinking, hey, since I'm saved by the grace of God, doesn't matter how I live. Yes, it does, because your rewards in heaven have everything to do with how you've lived your life or sought to live your life on the earth. Our good works don't take us to heaven, but they follow us to heaven. And in response and in reward of our good works, Jesus will clothe us with a robe that will be appropriate for us. So, most likely, everybody's robe is going to be a little bit different based on how we have lived our lives. Now, if we were in church today, and we've just talked about the setting of the wedding, it's in heaven. The celebration of the wedding, singing, brightness, gladness, and joy. The bride at the wedding, she's... uh, prepared, and she's appropriately dressed. Now, as we prepare to come to the conclusion, I would say, if you're still listening, say amen. And hopefully you could say amen. Hopefully you're still listening, because I want us to close with this question. How should our future wedding affect us now? In other words, we know that in our future, there's a wedding. For every one of us who've been saved, 
whether we're single or married, there is in our future a wedding in heaven with Jesus, a spiritual union. That's one of the things that awaits us. And so here's the question. How should that future wedding affect us now? Well, first of all, it should give us joy now. It should give us joy. Look down in verse number 9. Because then he said to me, that is the angel who's giving this vision to John or showing John around heaven. He said, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And so when John had this vision of this marriage supper, this marriage taking place in heaven, he said, blessed is everybody who is invited to this. That word blessed means happy. And so we have been invited to the marriage of the Lamb. We are the bride. He has proposed to us. We have accepted his invitation. We're already united with Jesus. And one day that will be formalized in heaven. But it should give us great joy now to know that Jesus is already ours. He's living in our heart. The Holy Spirit is the down payment. And one of these days there will be a physical, visible, spiritual union in heaven with Jesus. And knowing that, should bring us great happiness and great joy now. You know, even on earth, but here you have a bride and a groom, and they're engaged, and they're planning on getting married six months in advance. But you know, even before the wedding takes place, the bride and the groom are happy because they're in love, and they're thinking, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with each other. Just the anticipation of being married makes them happy and makes them joyful, and they're marrying imperfect people. Think about that. But for those of us who are saved, we have a wedding in our future. The date's already been set. We don't know when it is, but Jesus knows when it is. And we are getting together with a perfect spiritual groom. And even today, I already had my sermon finished, but before I left the house, I got thinking about Jesus and what's going to make him such a great person to spend eternity with. Contrast Jesus to every bride and every groom today. First of all, Jesus is always with us. Jesus said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I'll tell you something else about Jesus makes him a great spiritual spouse, and that is he's always the same. Jesus is always the same. He's never in a, a bad mood, always the same. Something else about Jesus, he never holds a grudge, never. I'll tell you something else about Jesus, he only has our best interest at heart and in mind. He's, he's wanting to do what is best for us. And I'll tell you something else. Jesus Christ has the power to solve every problem. Now, you tell me on this earth who you could marry that meets those qualifications. Always with us, always the same, never holds a grudge, only has your best interest in mind, and has the power to solve every problem. Nobody on earth can do that. No spouse, no bride, no groom, no husband, no wife, nobody could live up to that. Only Jesus can. And so that's why I'm saying as we anticipate our spiritual wedding with Jesus, we will be formally married, spiritually married to the one who can do all those things and so much more. And so knowing that's in our future should give us great joy now. And I'll tell you something else it should do. It should keep us focused on Jesus no matter what we're going through in life. Look in verse number 10, uh, back in chapter 19 now. And in verse number 10, John has had this vision. He's seen this sight in heaven, this wedding, the brightness, the singing. He's heard all this, and the scene, he's witnessed the joy and gladness. He said, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Look in verse 10. I fell at his feet, that is the feet of the angel, to worship him. But he said to me, 
see that you do not do that. In other words, the angel said, don't worship me. You're going to get us both in trouble. Don't do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What was that angel saying? That angel was saying, hey, look, I know I've shown, this has been an amazing thing we've just witnessed, but don't worship me. Don't focus on me. Worship God. Focus on Jesus. He is the one that you should uh, devote your worship to and that your heart should be permanently set upon. And folks, that's true for us. Knowing that we have a wedding in heaven with Jesus one day should cause us to love him more and get to know him better. So that when we, listen, so that one day in heaven, we will see face to face the one we have known all these years, heart to heart. And so we focus on Jesus. We look forward to the future and we focus on Jesus right now. The one who even now is always with us. He's always the same. He never holds a grudge. When he forgives our sins, he never brings it up again. He has our best interest at heart. He's always doing what is best for us and only allowing into our lives what would ultimately be good for us. And he has the power to solve every problem and to see us through everything we face in life. You know, as I think about the marriage of the Lamb that will take place in heaven, the marriage supper of the Lamb that will begin in heaven and continue on earth for a thousand years, I've only got one question left for you this morning. Are you ready for that event? Are you ready for that day? If the rapture of the church took place today, or if the rapture of the church took place tonight, in the middle of the night, or early tomorrow morning, and Jesus came back to the place where we are, do you know beyond the shadow of any doubt that he would take you to be with him so that where he is, there you may be also? Or would you say, you know, John, I'm not sure about that. I think there's a chance that I might be left behind and be forced to endure the seven years of tribulation on the earth. Friend, if you're not sure that you're saved, with our heads bowed and eyes closed right now, I want to give you a chance to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And that all happens through prayer and through faith. If you will ask Jesus to come into your heart, to forgive your sins, and to save you, he will do that. And one of these days when the rapture takes place or when you die, he will come to where you are and take you to be with him in his house forever and forever. Pray this prayer. Wherever you may be listening from today, pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I want to be ready. I want to be prepared for the marriage of the Lamb. And God, I'm not sure that I am. And so I ask you right now to come into my heart, forgive my sins, And make me a Christian. I ask you to save me. And I trust you to do it. I trust you, Jesus. I receive you by faith. And by doing that, I am now prepared for that great wedding that will one day take place in heaven. Now, God, help me. And the rest of us should all pray this part. God, help me to live the rest of my life on earth doing everything I can to serve you faithfully so that when I get to heaven, my robe will be long, my robe will be thick, my robe will be flowing, my robe will be beautiful, and so that even through the robe that I'll wear through all eternity, I can bring honor and glory to your name. And it's in that precious name of Jesus that we pray. And all the people said, amen and amen. 
We hope that today's message, The Marriage of the Lamb, Part 2, has been a blessing to you. You can find this message, along with many others, on our website, www.peacebybelieving.org, under the broadcast tab. For those of you who prayed with John at the end of his message today to receive Christ as your Savior, we would love to know about it and to rejoice with you in your decision. We are so very happy for you. In fact, the Bible tells us that the angels are rejoicing in heaven over your decision. Please share your decision with us by sending an email to info at peacebybelieving.org or by giving us a call at 1-800-337-0157. Again, that is 1-800-337-0157. To watch videos of John's series on the book of Revelation from the beginning, we invite you to go to www.fbp.org forward slash revelation. Once again, that's www.fbp.org forward slash revelation. If you would like to grow in your new relationship with the Lord, we have some resources that we really believe will help you. Simply look for the booklets tab on peacebybelieving.org. The booklet, How to Be a Happy Christian, is a great tool to help you as you begin your walk with the Lord. Also, the booklet, in the twinkling of an eye is a great companion study to go along with John's series on the book of Revelation. We also invite you to like Peace by Believing Ministries on Facebook and follow at PBB underscore broadcast on Twitter. Please share, like, and comment on all of these social media outlets. If the ministry of Peace by Believing is a blessing to your life, please let your family and friends know about our program. Thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to you joining us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.